For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 49. I am Matt O'Leary, joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic because I remembered what episode we were at without having to wait for you to say something. Oh, okay, okay. Who do you got? I got big old tank Mitch Fritz. Mitch Fritz, that's who I went with too. Yes! So it's just fun to say, um, but I called him the tank because he's 6'8", 249 pounds, an absolute unit. Wow, he's a big boy. Big boy. You don't want to go into the corner with that guy because he's going to kill you, especially me. He'll kill me. I weigh 150 pounds. <laughs> he's got 100 pounds on me. He'll snap you in half like a toothpick. Yeah. At least I got some height, but he's got a lot more height than I do. Like I'm, I'm six feet. He's standing eight inches taller than me and 100 pounds. That's a lot of man. Yeah. Uh, I picked that because it was your name. And I was like, oh, yes. Mitch and Mitch. So there we, there we go. That's how I made the connection. I was secretly hoping it was going to be um, Tanner Fritz's dad, and it's it's not because he's like thirty eight. He's only a few years older than I am. No, they only um, played seven years apart. So, yeah, so can't can't be. Uh, he played twenty games for the Isles in oh eight oh nine, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, uh, the golden years. <laughs> Put up a whole zero points. Was a minus four with a big forty two penalty minutes. Oh boy! Wow. Okay. This guy, well, look at him. He's 6'8". He was brought in for a specific purpose, and that was to obliterate people on the ice. And I think he did that job well. I think he did it quite well. Well, maybe not well enough, because he didn't stick around past 20 games. No. Anywhere in the league. No, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Anywhere. Like, it wasn't like, oh, he stayed 20 games with the Islanders and then went on to play a fruitful NFL career. No, no, no. Just 20 games and then... (laughs) NFL. He moved over to leagues. Did I say NFL? (laughs) Uh, You got the Jets on the brain. Training camp starts tomorrow, so that's probably why. That's why. Okay. I'll go with that. That's a good reason. Sure. Uh, Anyway, sorry for that faux pas. Let's get into... (sighs) Unforgivable. Unforgivable. I know. Let's get into the Islanders. I know it's quieted down a lot since the hectic early part of July, but we do have some stuff to talk about. 
For instance, our good friend, buddy old pal, <laughs> Brock Nelson, one year, $4.25 million contract for the 2018-19 season. Mitch, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, initially, I was eh, and I'm still kind of eh. Uh, for because Brock is a very much a eh type player, yes, right. Like definition of Brock Nelson in, in in or you look up eh in the dictionary is a picture of Brock Nelson there. Exactly. Like he's he's good and when he's on he's outstanding. It's just he's not on all the time. It's just I don't know what it is. I don't know what what it'll what it'll take for him to kind of get his his I don't know his button line to just give give us forty one strong games, Brock. It's a half a season. At least. But no, we can't get that from him. No, nah, we're lucky if we get like 17. I, yeah, exactly. Like, it's unbelievable. The, the potential that this guy has and the output that he gives, eh. And so when he gets 4.25, you go, okay, well, that kind of makes sense, I guess. Um, I honestly, originally, I thought that was a fair uh, raise because I thought it was less than a million dollars because for some strange reason... I thought he was making 3.5 against the cap last year. No, well, his salary was 3.5 million. So I think that's why I was I was thinking that because that like you said it was his salary but his cap hit was still 2.5. Right. So his cap hit is increasing more than his actual salary is, which I if you just look at the stat, like if you you never watched Brock Nelson before in your entire life and just looked at his stat sheet, you could probably say, "Okay, I could see why he would get million. Absolutely. But since we watch him every day and we know that it's an extremely streaky player and someone who's going to be gone for 60 of the 82 game season, you (laughs) understand why it's frustrating. You're getting 40 to 45 points between October, November, and March. That's what you're getting 40 points, which is outstanding. That's incredible output considering, but you're not getting anything between December, January, and February. And and by anything, like you're you're getting a game here or there, but not what you were getting before at the at the beginning and at the end of the season. No. It's not the same player. He always starts the season off strong in October, and he usually has a solid March in April until the playoffs start, and then it's right back into the cave and hideout. Yeah. That's true. I don't get it. I don't I don't understand. Because, um, again, he's got all of the attributes to be an outstanding player. I'm not saying he's going to be an, a, an elite player and he's going to put up 80 points, but you, you, you could feasibly get 50 to 60 points out of this guy if he put in a consistent effort. And, and, and man, we wouldn't be so hard on him on those days where he's not scoring because of his potential consistent effort, which he doesn't do. But he should be a 30-goal scorer uh, just by looking at his shot, right? Absolutely. But And I, I think... Going into this year, I think this benefits Brock, right? Because he's going to probably play wing. I don't. I don't imagine he's going to play center. Why would he? No, I don't think so either. I've, I, I well, we say it all the time, just about every week, and we think he's better on the wing. But it's true. They kind of have a logjam of mediocre wings after Matt Barzell, of course. You could throw Brock Nelson to the mix of those mediocre wings, but uh, centers rather. But there you go. Okay, I was waiting for that one. I'm so off today. That's fine. You got football in the brain. It's all right. I get it. You're American and football, and all you hear is like Joe Madden or Joe John. John. John Madden in your head, like football, and that's all you hear. So that welcome to to our world in Canada, where all we hear is hockey. 
That and I'm flying tomorrow at, at 7 a.m. for the first time in a decade, so I'm a little nervous too. Where are you flying? I'm only flying to Pittsburgh, which is like an hour and 20-minute flight, but I'm still a little nervous. Meh, you'll be fine. It's Pittsburgh, whatever. I know. Uh, you'll be all right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, back to the main point of what we wanted to do. Yes. Uh, Brock Nelson, 4.25 for one year. I I think it's okay for him. It's not, it's not great. I do think that it's a potential contract that you could move if you wanted to. But I don't know if it necessarily means that they are going to move him because every indication from Lou Lamarillo is that they want Brock Nelson around on the roster in 2018-19. Yeah, but I don't see them losing out on a 20-goal score for nothing. Although, to be fair, they did lose out on an 84-point player for nothing. Uh, or they got nothing out of him, although that wasn't really Lou to do anything. It wasn't Lou's doing. Um I, I just don't see them losing him for nothing. It doesn't make any sense. If they can trade him, like, do you see the Islanders making the playoffs this year? No. I, I know this is not necessarily the point we're making, but I'm trying to get somewhere. No. no, nor do I. So come the trade deadline, I see a guy like Brock Nelson moving. He gives you, you could play him at center. He gives you 20 goals. Uh, he won't give a team 20 goals, but he's got that 20 goal potential, that panache, that ability to score, and he's got that incredible wrist shot. Teams in the playoffs are going to want that depth scoring. And if they can get him, yes, he costs $4.25 million on the cap, but they pay a prorated salary, and the cap changes come the trade deadline anyways, so they teams can fit him. If they can get a first rounder for Brock Nelson, I think they do it. Or, or an intriguing prospect, I think they do it. A first rounder for I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Well, look at what uh, Martin Hansel got a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was a big. Look deal. what Thomas Tatar picked up last year. He didn't even play for most of the playoffs, and he got a first, second, and a third out of him. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. And I feel well, I have more faith in Lou Lamarillo at the trade deadline than I do Garth Snow because we know his trade <laughs> deadlines were an utter disaster. If anything happened, it was bad. Um. So I, I don't I see him being traded or I can see him being traded, um, just because the Islanders are looking for that upgrade, and it seems that the only way they're going to get that is either through a trade, and Brock Nelson isn't going to return you an upgrade on himself, um, or they're just going to move him to make room for other players down the line, like a Kiefer Bellows, like a Josh Hosang, or a player X Y Z. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense because we're going to talk about later in the show prospects who are blocked but I think as especially if they're out of things as the year goes on you can start to sell off some of those pieces who are on the shorter term deals absolutely and again he's only got the one year he goes right to UFA afterwards I think this is a win-win how do you feel about Brock Nelson having the motivation of playing for a contract well he did this past season it wasn't good yeah, but he was still RFA, right? I guess. So he was going to get something from the team. Although, like, I guess you can look at Robin Leonard and say, well, no, not necessarily. But more in more cases than not, you are correct. I right. think if he goes, I I said this and I think the article, or I might have just said it on Twitter, I don't remember. But if he goes back to over 20 goals and over 40 points, someone, and I'm not saying it's the right move, I'm not saying I would do it, but I think someone's going to give him $5 million in free agency. I think so. I think so. And, and I don't want to be the team to do it necessarily. No. 
No, I don't at all. No. Unless, and the caveat here, the or the asterisk, or the note, or the annotation, or the, the side note, or the footer, I'm just adding a few synonyms here, because um, I'm stalling, is if he plays well. If he gives us that, like, 50-point season, I'd consider it. He'd have to really impress me. Like, not just a little increase. I, he'd have to put up, like, 60 points, I think. I don't think I'd go 50. Because 50, at that point, I would still think, eh, that's probably an outlier. But 60, then I'd be like, okay, even if he does regress a little bit down to 50, you can justify paying someone who puts up 50 points $5 million a year. But I think 50 points wouldn't be that bad of an outlier. Again, he hit 45 not two years ago. Or was it, yeah, two years ago. So the, the potential is there. He, it's, it, to me, it shows it's a consistent effort. Where you get into those outliers is those strong deviations, where you get into 60, 70 points and you go, whoa, whoa, this is far from the Brock Nelson norm that we understand. But if 50 points isn't, isn't a far or isn't a crazy aberration from what he's usually doing. So I can see that as a consistent, maybe he's giving a more consistent effort. So like in the dog days of January, he's stringing together four or five games of points. At that point, and I understand your logic, I, I do, but I think at that point, if he's playing well, especially leading up to the trade deadline, that would give me more of an incline to trade him because you'd get more for him in return. Oh, yeah, sure. And, and if someone isn't getting you what you, ha- what you want, then you're, you're still comfortable with keeping him. Right. I th- right? Like you're going in there with all of the leverage. Yeah, I think part of it is I just want some fresh blood. And by fresh blood, I mean like some of the prospects in the system I would like to see. Like, I don't know. I'm not necessarily too keen on bringing back a Brock Nelson who could potentially block uh, Kiefer Bellows or someone like that. You know what I mean? Well, see, but the problem with that is that we know what Brock Nelson can do, whereas we don't know what Kiefer Bellows could do at the NHL. But wouldn't you almost rather find out? (sighs) To give up 35 to 40 points for a guy who for all intents and purposes, could even give you 20? I don't know. That's kind of tough. I'd rather give up someone like Leo Komarov, a guy who's going to get you 20 points. Whatever. Yeah, he's a strong checker, and he plays well in the penalty kill, but we've got players like that. Right? I, I, I disagree. I'm going to sit you up on a right, even though you said disagree, and we're just going to move on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, okay, I, why do you disagree? Because you... You already know this guy's ceiling, whereas you don't know the ceiling of a Bellows or Wallstrom or Hosen. Right, but the argument that we're making here is who would you rather keep, Brock Nelson or Leo Komarov? And you know both players' ceilings, and Brock Nelson's ceiling is double what Leo Komarov's is. We weren't saying that at first, Mitch. You just you spin-zoned. I didn't spin zone nothing. Yes, you did. We were talking about would you rather have Brock Nelson block Kiefer Bellis, and, you're like, and you started making the argument that no, you'd rather have uh, Brock Nelson because you know what he is, and you don't know what Kiefer Bellis is. That's what I was talking about. I wasn't talking Correct. about Leo Kamara. And so when it when it comes to if we're going to remove a player, I'd rather remove a player who I know what he's going to give me in Leo Komarov because what he's going to give me is less than what I would expect from a Kiefer Bellis. So I'm just, I'm taking okay. your point and I'm diverting to okay. another area. Then how about this, Mitch? Yes. You have how many left wingers on an NHL roster that plays? Four. Four. Ma- maximum five. No, yeah, four. Never mind. Okay. So you're going to keep around Brock Nelson to play on which line? Well, that's the point that Arthur Staple was making yesterday, uh, right? Uh, 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 
What, what line? Wait, probably your third line. Where is Bellows playing? Well, right now in the AHL. No, where would he play, Mitch? If you uh, oh, if you're getting probably rid of Comerock. on the third line as well. They're both playing on the third line. That's right. One out of position. Okay, where does Leo Komarov play? The guy who just signed four years at $3 million fourth. with a modified no-trade clause. Fourth line. Where is he playing? Fourth line. Where is Matt Martin playing? Healthy scratch. Okay, uh, there's a few more players. Ross Johnson. Healthy scratch. Tom Kuhnackle. AHL. Okay, because so far that's not the case. As of right now, yeah, of course, but I'm, I'm not saying for this year. I'm talking about okay. next year, Mitch. <laughs> Kunako oh, won't be on the roster next year. We're to- oh, oh, okay. We're talking about 2019. Yeah. Okay, fine. Sure, none of these guys might even be here by then. Uh, yeah, by 2019, for sure. Kiefer Bellows has to be on the team in 2019. So you're not re-signing Brock Nelson then? That's the whole point I was fine. trying to make. I thought we were talking about this year. You didn't define what year yes. we were talking oh about. This completely unraveled. I am putting you in the blame seat. I said for next year, not now. this year. I said for next year. No, I didn't hear that, so it didn't happen. Oh my god! The point is, would you you would rather? That's that was my whole argument. Was I thought you were saying that I I don't know what Kiefer Bellows is, so what, what you're never gonna play him in the NHL, Mitch? Like what? <laughs> never, 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 ever, ever. No, I, I understood your point. What I what I took from that point was really, I know what Brock Nelson is. And you're right, we know what his ceiling is. But I also know what Leo Komarov is, and I know what his ceiling is. And if I have a spot at left wing that is flexible, or that, sorry, not flexible, that, that I, if I have a player on left wing that I can remove from the roster in favor of Kiefer Bellows, it would be Leo Komarov over Brock Nelson. And I think we could both agree on that. No, because then oh, your, okay. four, four, your four left wingers would then be Lee, Nelson, Beauvillier and Bellows. Which one of those is a fourth line left wing? None. Exactly, Mitch. Well, maybe you could play Brock Nelson on the fourth line. You could play anyone and pay on the him five line. million dollars to play on the fourth line, Mitch. I, see, this is where we differ. Is that you, you're 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 talking about next year, and I was really really firm on this year. And so when we get to 2019, totally agree with you. I absolutely agree with you, 2019. If we're looking at this year, that's my argument. So I think I think we both agree. We're just saying different things. No, I think we both agree. Next year, I totally agree with you, 100%. You're confusing me now. I don't like this. Okay, fine. Let's talk, let's talk about strengths and weaknesses by position now because I can't talk about Brock Nelson anymore. Perfect. We're talking about that already in terms of left wings, right wings, centers, defense. Okay, so we're on left wing right now. Stre- yes. Stre- what would you consider strength? What do you consider weakness? So the way I split up my positions is I just went strength, not strong, weak. Okay. Uh, and I put left wing as a strength. Agree. Um, just they have Nelson, or I guess Nelson, I shouldn't start with Nelson. Lee Beauvillier, that's an 80, 60 to 70 point player in Lee with 40 goals. That's another 60-point player in, in Anthony Beauvillier, potentially. Um, and then you have Brock, who's 40. should be a 40-point player. You then have Komarov and so on and so forth, the names that we've already listed. So that that's a pretty strong... You can you can build a pretty strong roster on the left. Okay, I, I agree with that. I would say strong. 
Okay, so what do you give center then? What are the options? Well, I, I built mine this way. I said strong, not strong, and weak. What's the difference between weak and not strong? Um, strong is that there, there's some strength there, and so I wouldn't call it it's a weakness. Like, I wouldn't say the Islanders are weak down the middle. They aren't, because they got a guy who can play 20 minutes and is one of the better players in the league. Well, maybe not better, but like at least a top 20 player. Um, so I wouldn't call it weak, but I wouldn't say it's their strength. No, it's definitely not a strength. I guess the middle one, not strong. Yeah, that's what I did as well. Because, again, they have Matthew Barzal, who's, again, probably a top 20 player. Maybe not. He's at least a top 30, right? Top 30 player in the league, at least in his position. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so maybe not the league, but in his position. Top 30 in his position. I'm, I'm really talking myself down. How about here. the top 20 under 25? Oh, God, I'd even say top 10 under 25, but sure. Um, yeah, that's fine. But then after that, it's just kind of... It drops down cons- considerably, right? Who's the second line center on the team? Uh, Jan Kovar. Probably. Maybe even Brock Nelson, arguably. I don't think so, but I can. some people have made the argument. And then after that, you got Valteria Filpula as probably the third line center. And then you got Casey Zizekas as line four. And and maybe interchange Filpula and Zizekas as three, four. But you still wouldn't say that that's a strength. No, it's okay. Yeah, it's perfectly, it's fine. But it's not going to, you, you you don't go there and, and chalk it up as that's that's the Islanders' strength. Is they have a strong I, spine. Their problem is Barzal is the number one center. I, oh, yeah, I, easily. Easily. Sajik is a good fourth-line center. Those are set. I would say a good third-line, great fourth-line. Okay. I think that Kovar and Filipula, both of them are more third-line centers. I think that, I think either of them would be good third-line centers. I don't think they really have a second-line center. I think Kovar no. would be playing out of position on the second line. Maybe. He, he played top-line in the KHL. So, and again... The KHL and A, I guess not again, but the KHL and NHL aren't the art parallels when it comes to quality. Uh, but you have those guys who can recre- recreate that form, like Alex Radulov, right? When he came back to the NHL, he was able to still be that dominant player. We'll see that with um, Ilya Kovalchuk out in LA, if he can still be that player again. So it's possible. But then you have the Vadim Shipachovs who come to the NHL and are total busts. Yeah, hopefully you more like a Radulov, but you, yeah. you don't know yet. We don't know. No, you're absolutely right. We don't know. So when you're looking at the caliber of a league, you think second, maybe third line. But because, like you say, we don't really have anyone else after Barzal, he's probably going to play second line. Probably. That would be my best guess anyway. Yeah. Uh, what do you give right wing in terms of uh, strength? Uh, I would say not strong. Yeah, that's what I went with too. I leaned towards weak, but then I look, you got Jordan Eberle, Josh Bailey. That's pretty good, although Bailey could play both sides. But after that, you got Cal, Matt Martin, Tom Kuhnhockel. Not strong at all to almost, to, to, it teeters on weakness. I almost went weak, but Bailey saved it, honestly, because I was thinking Eberle. Then I was thinking of... Um... Who else is he thinking of? Uh, Clutterbug. Some other player. Yeah. And um, do you know who I for, we didn't even mention for left wing? We didn't mention Andrew Ladd. 
why do we need to mention him? Because he's going to play. Yeah, I know. I know he's going to play. And, and we'll talk about a log jam in a second. Let's get to that afterwards. Um, okay, defense. What do you give as a strength? What do I give? Strong, not strong, weak. <sighs> I went with not strong. And it's not because of the players they have. It's because of the coach that they have. Okay. Is there something between weak and not strong? Uh, you can go with meh. Meh. I'll go meh. Meh. Where it's like you're not committed to anything. It's like a, a not available answer or no answer in, in a survey. Because uh, you're right. Like you look at that lineup and you go, boy, Chuck, Letty, Hickey, Pulak, Pellet, Mayfield. And that's not really inspiring. No. Really, Pulak is great. Letty's okay. But after that. Ugh. Pulak and Letty excite me. But after that, no. No. So that's why Pul- uh, Pulak and Letty save it from weak. But I'm not even ready really to go not strong. I'm in between weak and not strong. So even with, with Pulak and Letty, I'd still put them weak because you look at the other four guys, so the other two-thirds of it, and you're going, that's not a great lineup. But then you look at the coaching and you go, that coaching is going to get something good out of these players. They're not going to be top tier. They might not even be top half. But they're going to be within the mid-range of the NHL when it comes to it comes to a defensive record strictly because of the coaching. Yeah, that's true. And so that that's why I boost them up because these players still have abilities. These players are still talented. They're still good players. Uh, I think they were just utilized incorrectly for years. Well, not years, but last year altogether. Last year, definitely. I really do think Barry Trotz is going to make a difference. I don't know if it's going to be enough for them to make the playoffs. I'm still leaning towards them being bad, but I, I think they will be more uh, a better fundamental hockey team how about that there you go i love that yes fundamentally they're so much stronger than they were last year they're not going to give up 50 shots or i hope to god they're not even once would be a nightmare um they're just going to be a stronger defensive team with pretty much the exact same roster pretty so much. then goaltending what do you give goaltending i think i give it a week yep definitely and and it's not because so why? I I have my reasons, but why why do you give them a week? I think Leonard has a little bit of potential, but just based off last year, he didn't have a good year and Thomas Grice is kind of weighing that back half down a little bit too. That's exactly it, right? Both of those guys coming in this year with absolutely no It's not that they aren't confident, it's that they don't inspire any confidence in me because they've both had terrible years last year. Yeah. So you go into, like, goaltending is a clear weakness for the Islanders. Yeah, that's probably still their biggest weakness. Easily. And and it might not be, because both can can return to form. Leonard can be a 920 save percentage goalie. Thomas Grice can be an NHL caliber, maybe not starter, but at least a 1B option. Yeah. Where he can play 30, 40 games a year and get you NHL average goaltending. He can do that. And he'll probably do that next year. And if he does, we're in a much stronger position than what we're, we're, what we're projecting right now. But in terms of just looking at what they did last year and thinking about that going into this year, goaltending is a weakness. Yeah, I, there's no way for me to even justify it being a not strong. There's too many question marks. It's, it's more like we're talking about what-ifs scenarios, so it's a Absolutely. week. 
Um, for, what about for uh, coaching? Like, what do I give them as a strong, not strong week? Yeah. Um, God. <sighs> strong? Like, the coaching is going to be strong. It's just how is that personnel going to implement that plan? Maybe not implement, but execute the plan. Yeah, I was going to go strong also just because Trotz is a proven coach. Yeah, like he, we got a strong coach. It's just the pieces around him. How strong are they to execute the plan that he's putting in place? That's gonna be that's gonna be the Islanders season. That's the big question over the Islanders season: is that how good is coaching gonna be? And there are guys that I do another podcast with that say coaching doesn't matter at any point of the NHL. Coaching does not matter, which is insane. I disagree. Insane. I totally disagree. At every level, coaching matters. Absolutely every level. They, well, at least one of them. I'm not going to throw the other one on the bus, but one of them says coaching doesn't matter at the NHL. It's definitely Harper, isn't it? I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. Okay, blink twice if it was Harper. <laughs> okay, that's all I needed to know. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, moving on. Yes. Okay, this one stirred some feathers on the internet, Mitch. Uh, the third jersey. Ever since oh my, yeah. the Anaheim Ducks released their third jersey. Which is, oh my God, beautiful. I Absolutely love it. beautiful. The reason why I love it too is, is because it wasn't an exact carbon copy of the original. It True. was, it took things from the retro jersey and also things from what you would see on a new jersey. So it made it more modern. Mm-hmm. I said... That's what the Islanders should do with their logo from the same era. Some people agreed with me. Yeah. Others said I wasn't a real fan. Others said I was a Ranger fan. Can we just like pause on that for one second? We're all real fans. If you're cheer for the team, you're a fan. If you don't like someone's opinion, don't call them a not real fan. That's not even a thing. That's not a thing. Even if you're uh, a bandwagon fan, you're still a fan. By definition, you're a fan. And I, I, I'm A-OK with bandwagon fans. We need more bandwagon fans. Oh, my God, give us bandwagon fans. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't get why people hate the fishermen. I do because people, I know what they're going to say because it represents a bad time in the franchise history. Yada, 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 yada. We're talking about a logo. How does that logo get oh. the rap for all the Islanders' problems in the late 90s. Well, that that's what logos do, right? It's supposed to encapsulate a brand, um, a, a, a piece of time or a statement in time or a, time, a stamp in time, and it encapsulates everything around that stamp in time. So for the Islanders, it was the Fisherman logo because everything that happened around that time is represented by that specific logo. Look, in 95, when it was introduced, the Islanders had the worst season since their introductory season in the NHL. They put up 54 points that year, a low that they hadn't hit until or since 1972 when they put up 30 points. Yeah. It was real bad. Real bad. And it's not fair to people that people call you an ageist like, oh, you're clearly born after a certain year. Yeah, clearly I was. But the records still exist. I still know that it was a bad time for the Islanders. Yeah, I, I get. I'm not going to argue and say that that era was a prosperous time for the Islanders, but I just think that it would be cool if the Islanders also got in on this retro jersey thing. 
because that's what's in right now. Mitch, the 90s are in. Yeah. So for me, it's not an idea about being cool and playing the irony card, although that is definitely something. If it's going to sell jerseys, great. If it's going to make new fans, perfect, even better. For me, it's an idea of reappropriation. And, and it takes the theme of, wow, that was such a terrible time and we can't play. We can't do that again. We can't hark back to those terrible days. There's a culture change happening with the Islanders right now in terms of the franchise, in terms of the fan base, in terms of everything related to the Islanders. This is the perfect time in, 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 as a microcosm or as, as, as anything, a reappropriation or reacclimation of that logo. So let me just pull out a quote here that I pulled from a, it's called Language Science. It's a, it's a science, what's, what's the word? It's a period, periodical where they speak about linguistics. And they say reappropriation or reclamation is the cultural process by which a group reclaims a term or artifact, in this case, the logo, that was previously used in a way disparaging of that group. And so for us, as a fan base, we're taking that back. We're, we're reappropriating that fisherman logo to say, forget what happened. What happened happened, but let's forget it. Let's move on and let's associate some positive vibes to this instead of the negative vibes. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it doesn't have to. Like, you can change what it meant to this franchise in the next few years. Absolutely. Look, the man, the uh, Anaheim Mighty Ducks did it, or sorry, the Anaheim Ducks. People forget that they were created specifically because of a movie, and that Disney pushed the NHL around to get a franchise created because of a movie. There's a cool logo people, too. It's a great logo. It's th- the best branding I've ever seen in a sports league ever. And they did it because of a movie. A movie. They created a movie like, hey, let's create a whole other hockey team based off of this movie. It's like someone's thought experiment. It was just some like random branding experiment. Like, hey, let's create, can we create a, a, a hockey team? And the NHL's like, give me the money. Let's do it. People forget that because they rebranded. And now they're coming back and reappropriating that theme or that time where it wasn't necessarily cool to be that NHL team that was created based off of a movie from the Disney franchise or the Disney enterprise company. Right. That's the thing. I think people are focusing too much on the quote unquote meaning of that logo instead of the aesthetics and the potential for marketing purposes. I'm okay with the meaning of the logo. I get it. Let's change the meaning. Let's take that back and let's own it and let's change the meaning. How about that? Instead of just complaining like, oh, we had a dark time. Let's just sulk and be sad about what happened. You could be sad about what happened. How about you do something about it? Let's take the chance and reappropriate this logo. Why the heck not? And some of the concepts that came out with it were fantastic. they're, They're fantastic. The teal blue ones that you tweeted out were good. You were featured in an article, by the way, Metro News. I don't know if you saw. I didn't see. Your tweet was embedded with the uh, picture you tweeted out. Perfect. Uh, I love it. So uh, obviously a podcast is a audio medium, so it's going to be hard for us to describe the jerseys, I guess. But did you have a favorite rendering of a, of a jersey for the third one? I, I liked the teal... Um, with with the fisherman, he, I think uh, not think, but from what I remember, he was kind of grayed out, so grayscale, a lot of whites and blacks on him instead of being the blue and the orange skin. Okay, I liked that. I I really liked the teals, and it's not like a San Jose teal. It's a it's a more bluey teal than green. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit more of a blue. I think like a sea foam green. 
Ooh, which is really, when you think about it, the perfect type of color. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think that the Islanders would do a little bit of a disservice if they don't add like a teal into it for the alternate. Because that's what the alternate's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be a little bit different. You're supposed to probably have another logo than the the regular one on there, right? It's to yeah. I liked. Uh, a few of them, really. The the one that had like the white stripe across and the fisherman on yeah. it. That was pretty cool. Uh, let's see what else. I'm trying to scroll back and look. There, at there's a lot out there, and but I I really think that the Islanders are going to be too gun shy for it. Oh, what about? Did you see the one where it's like literally, it's the fisherman jersey style? So like the navy with the teal on the bottom and the waves, but like the the NY logo. Mm. I don't like the waves. You don't like the I'm waves? Not, I'm not a fan of the waves. Just give me solid bars. Okay. I'm okay with either, I, I, honestly. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I, I really don't like the waves. I think that's what... I think if you just had the fishermen there, and the same colors, but solid lines, I think people would have, wouldn't have reacted so venomously to it. But that, that the waves just make it a whole lot worse. It makes it seem a lot more gimmicky because it stands out like a sore thumb. Not only do you have a new logo... But you have the new kind of theme around it too, and you're really trying to play on the theme and hammer it home, and it was just, it's just too much. Okay, yeah, I could, I can get on board with that. But then again, I'm not a design. I have no studies in design, so what do I know? No, uh, neither, neither do I. So yeah, I don't know. I just don't think. I think the main point I wanted to hit home was that I don't think it deserved all the hate. No, I completely agree. Well, back in the day, I get it, and I get why they hate it now. I just think about it. If if now is a time where you, like you say, increase fandom or at least increase sales, and that's an important aspect of the the business that they're trying to run. If they're looking to spend to the cap, they gotta spend, or they gotta they got they gotta. What's the word I'm looking for? My God, I'm short for words. Create that income, and they mm-hmm. have to create that by selling merchandise. So, like, yeah, do it. Let's do it. Why not? It's a win-win. Yeah. I so. We'll see. It's probably yeah, going to be something completely different that no one's talking about. I don't about. think they do it. I think they're too gun-shy. Do you think it's going to be orange, though? Yeah. Probably. Very Oilers-y, I think. Okay. I think if they do that right, it could look pretty decent, too. But Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. All right. Want to get into some social stuff, Mitch? Uh, I thought we were going to do some Kiefer Bellows stuff and the log jam. Oh, my God. I skipped that topic. Unbelievable. You you don't even want to talk about it, huh? You must have been really confused when I started talking about the jerseys. A little bit, but that's fine. I I figured you were were saving it or something. So, Kiefer Bellows, does he make the 2018-19 New York Islanders roster year nay? What say you, Matt O'Leary? Nope. Ooh. I don't think he does. I want him okay. to, but I don't think he does. Okay, why? Because they have approximately 4 million <laughs> forwards. Give or take one or two. Yeah. Yeah. No, they have seven, I- excluding um, excluding Bellows. So Ladd, Nelson, because we're not, we're not thinking he's going to play center, Lee, Komarov, Johnson, Beauvillier, Martin. Yeah, that's seven left <laughs> That's seven left wings for four spots. Now, to be fair, Martin can play right wing. 
Mm-hmm. Lad could probably also play on the right, although he's not really a righty. Um, none of them are actual righties. Uh, Komarov can play center at some point. So can Nelson. But you still have guys in those positions as well. You you have guys playing center. You have guys playing on the right. So why why would you move them? So that leaves you seven names, excluding Bellows, for four spots. Yeah. That's too many players. Too no. Many. You think it's probably going to be Lee, Beauvillier, Ladd, and uh, Martin, probably, right? Or Komarov. And, and Johnston. And Johnston. Although we, we haven't talked about Komarov. Yeah, what do you do with him? Who's got, who's got a four-year, modified no-trade clause, $3 million a year contract. He's not going to get... He's not going to be scratch pad. No, I think in some of the potential lines that I was creating, I had him on the right side, on the third line. Okay, so your third line then is Lad Filipola Komarov? Yeah. And then Nelson is on your bench or on your scratch? No. Where are you putting Nelson on your fourth line? No. Uh, See, that's the thing. Oh that's God. the problem. There's know. so many guys to move around. It's like, well, what about this guy? And what about that guy? And like, I, I would bench Nelson for sure. But you, you just the reason you hesitate is you because you go, well, would they? I don't think they would. No. I guess you think they probably have to go Komarov as fourth line left wing and Martin as a scratch, right? Probably. But then Johnson does what? AHL? See, that's the thing that I don't get. Like Johnston and Martin could have served that same role if you're just going to scratch them. Like why trade for Martin and pay the two and a half million dollars for the next two years for him to be scratched? Morale? Maybe. I don't know. I don't. What he does in the locker room, the intangibles. Then play him. I know. I know. So the issue we have is that the top six is set, right? You have uh, Lee in whatever order. So Lee, Barzal, Eberle, uh, Bo, Kovar, Bailey, right? That's your top six. And and the, and the question mark there is is Kovar. Yeah. But then if you drop him out of your top, your top six, then you still have him to sit in your bottom six. And that doesn't that doesn't change anything. He's probably more benchable or more scratchable than, say, Nelson is. He definitely is. So, worst case scenario, Kovar is out altogether. Nelson goes up to the second line center. That leaves you with Ladd, uh, Komarov, Johnston, Martin to play in, your, in, in two positions. Now you've got it. Yeah, that's it. I think that's the, I think that's the move. But then Kovar is benched, and Nelson is playing second line center. I, th- <laughs> I don't love it. Better. No, I don't love it, but I think that's what happens. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so I, maybe, maybe that's what happens. But we were, we just talked about this at the top of the show. There's like Brock Nelson isn't a center, let alone a second line center. Oh my God. And maybe, maybe he pulls it all together, but we've got four years of him not pulling it together. What makes us think he's going to do it this year? Because he's playing for a contract? Okay, how about Please. this? What if you put him with Lee and Bailey on the second line? Still. Still. Like, he he needed Joshua Hank to bring him up, and that still didn't work. Yeah. 
I got, but at least Lee is a proven forty goal scorer, and Bailey put up seventy points last year, so they'll probably some production out of him. You would think Lee is a forty goal scorer with John Tavares and Josh Bailey. Is he a forty goal scorer with Brock Nelson? No, but I still think he could put give you thirty. Okay, maybe fair enough. So first line then: Bo, Barzal, Eberle. Second line: Lee. Let's say Nelson, and then we have Bailey. Yep. Third line. We've got Komarov, Filipula, and Lad in in whatever order. Switch the wings around as you see fit. Whatever. Okay. Line four: Martin, Sizikis, Casey, Cal. That still leaves Kovar. It still leaves Kuhnhockel, but whatever. Uh, it still leaves... I'm missing someone else. Who else am I missing here? Johnston. Mark Johnston. And we haven't talked about defense yet. No. Oh, my God. What a, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. You want to do they that, only have, too? They only have six. So, so far, they're good. Right? Because this is 12-3... Um, 15 plus 6 for a 21, two goalies, we're at 23. That's a, that's an active roster. They're they're within their limits. Okay, so then Taze isn't on the roster. That's right. But then what's the point of scratching three forwards? I don't know. You can always call guys up, right? So whatever. Although Taze on a one-way... One Although that doesn't really change anything, so the the potential is there. They they could go with what is this fifteen forwards? What is it they have now? Yeah, fifteen, 15. forwards, sixty, and two goalies. They could do that, but that means Bellows isn't getting in the team. That means Hosang isn't getting on the team, and that's what we started with. How do, how can we fit Bellow in Bellows in this year? And you can't because there's three other guys ahead of him essentially. No, unless there's a trade or something. Right, but that—that's we're we're not assuming there's a trade. We're just looking at the roster as it's constructed. If they need to get Bellows in, they have to make a trade. Yeah, or or waive some guys, or buy some guys out, or whatever. Something. Yeah, I don't know. Is Bellows? Do you think that Bellows is going to be that good this year, 2018? I'm I'm being very clear, so we don't have the same. If, in 2018, I think. If he played 82 games this year, I think he would give you close to 20 goals and 30 points. Wow. Okay. See, if he's only giving me 30 points, I don't I don't break the bank for it. I let him play the AHL. Let's see what he's actually going to give me um or or like as close to and then let's play him next year when he's got a year under his belt. Like they did with Barzal, and he came out and destroyed the league. Maybe not destroyed, but you know he destroyed I mean. the league. Yeah, I think if he's if they look at him and if they can give him forty to fifty points this year, you play him. You play him this year, and you move you move hell and high water to get that done. I think he could. I think he could. Yeah. That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. That's a lot of faith in a young man. But then that still leaves Josh saying, "What does he do? Fourth year in the AHL." Oh, was fourth or third? Third. Yeah. It's not his fault, though. He's blocked. Well, 
Yeah, but he still hasn't done much to unblock himself. He hasn't done. He hasn't done enough. Well, I'm you. putting blame on the organization, but I'm also putting blame on him because he hasn't. He didn't force the organization's hand. He he made it relatively easy on them. He's a half a game, half a point per game player in the NHL. I don't disagree with you, but they still didn't like him for some reason. His defensive play, they didn't like it. Clearly, is that his fault? No, but if you really want to make it, you got to fake it. Try it. Try the defensive game. They tell you to skate back, do it. You're not going to put up the points. Yeah, that's what happens. But you've got to get to a point where you can get there, and then you can t- you can take those chances. But he hasn't put himself in a position to get to the table, to get to the NHL, or or at least stay there. Yeah, you're right. It's a new it's new coaching staff, so maybe it'll be different this year. But as of right now, I don't see him on this roster either. Nor do I. Which. Which- Bugs me a bit, doesn't it? It definitely bugs me because if you're going to be bad, I would be rather be bad with youth. Yeah. I'd rather not have the Komarov, the Lads, the Martins of the world. Although nothing we can do about Lad. No, there's nothing we could do about Lad. You're right. But like we could try to trade him. Good luck with that because he's got. Is he got a full no move? Yeah, he's got a full no trade clause. So great. Fantastic. Thank yeah. you, Garth. And no one's going to take five more years at $5.5 million for Andrew Ladd. No one's taking that. Not even the Arizona Coyotes. That's so depressing that you just said that. Five more years. Five years. That's insane. He's going to be 37 years old when this contract is done. Maybe even 38, depending on when his birthday is. Does he make it? No. God, no. And that's bad. He, and his salary doesn't drop off like... Like a Marion Hosa type situation. Like we're we're going on a tangent here. It's just you're looking at it and it's five point five, and his salary drops. So he's making less money this year. He drops to six million dollars from the seven point five total salary he was making last year. Next year it's five. The year after that it's four, and it stays at four for three years until the end. When Seattle coming into league? <laughs> Even then, he's got to wait. He's got to waive his no trade. Does he? Yeah. If it's going to be the same rules as a Vegas one, a no trade or no move or a modified no trade means you had to protect them. Oh, I thought it was just the full no move. No, 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 the whole thing. Uh. Because they can they can pick fifteen teams or or it's. Maybe it works this way, whereas you, you, you have to submit a new list with 15 teams on it. So, Lad has a modified no-trade clause, according to Cap Friendly, that starts in 2020-21, where he can submit a list of 15 teams he can't be traded to. 15? That's half the league! He can say no to half the league. Why did they sign this deal? It's insane. What did they think he was going to produce? 50 points a year. Oh, God. Oh, anyways, that's not what we're necessarily talking about. We're just going on a tangent because, oh. Anyways. Bellows and Jose aren't making the team. A lot of blocking going probably, on. Yeah, a lot of blocking going on. That John Cena movie was about the cap. What was about the Islanders. <laughs> did you see it? I did. I got a good laugh out of it. I thought it was good. I got a, I got a few chuckles. Was that right? Um, 
Now, do you want to go into the social? Sure. Okay. What do you got? I I just had um the the jerseys that I put out there, and I was going to ask you which one you preferred, and you already kind of answered that. So you beat me to the punch. Good job. Okay. Um, I had uh, Boychuk's comments. The, oh, and okay. Do you think that helps his chances of becoming a captain? No, because I don't think they name a captain this year. I agree with you. Like that, there's no clear cut, obvious choice. There's a few choices, but there's no one person that stands above everyone else. No, and the organization is going through a learning process, anyways. Do you not think they're going to try to learn who the captain is or who controls the room? Yeah, they're probably going to do the three A's this year, right? Yeah, rotating A's, maybe half the season to three guys, half the season to the other, home and away or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I I could see guys like Lee, maybe a boy Chuck, Lad with A's, Bailey. Yeah, yeah. All guys, all guys who've worn it in the past. Yeah, I don't I don't see them naming a captain. It's just there's no one that stands out. And again. They're just they're they're trying to learn exactly what they have, and so they're going to take their time naming a captain. They're, they're in no rush. I did have one other thing for social. Okay, it, it kind of goes with the jerseys too. Okay, so it's from Ed John or Eddie Johnny on uh, Twitter. He says, "When the new generation of Isles fans." say 90s inspired third jerseys might not be so bad and it's a picture from or a meme from the simpsons one of your favorite shows and yes. it's the old man yells like newspaper thing old man <laughs> yells at cloud and they and he he did a little photoshop so it's the the grandpa simpson shaking the fist and the islanders fisherman logos over it and it's old man yells into void <laughs> I love it. It's true. It's true. Like, listen, because it's only they'll they'll say it themselves. We were the we were here for the the good old years, and so seeing the good old years and seeing that tarnish with the fisherman jersey is why I don't want it back. Okay, fine. Yes, I was born in 1984. Sorry for not being born ten years earlier or five years earlier. Sorry, but the point still remains that these jerseys, yes, they represented something negative, and yes, they have negative connotations. But how about we change that? I agree. This has been Eyes on Isles, the reappropriation segment. That's maybe that's what we should call this podcast, the reappropriation episode. Perfect. Love it. Love it. All right. Let's get into some plugs before we get out of here, Mitch. Plug it up. Okay. So first, if you are listening on the podcast app on Apple. Please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps with our searchability. We appreciate all the listenership and stuff like that. It's been great. So if you could do that for us too, we appreciate it. If you listen elsewhere, thank you. I don't think there's a subscribe <laughs> thing. But there's usually subscribe. There's usually a like. There's usually a review. Do that, please. The more the more times you interact with this show outside of the show itself or outside of just listening to it, the better it is for getting the word out there. 
Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to spread the word, especially for the season coming up. Um, also, be sure to follow us on Twitter if you aren't already at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Please also give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. And as always, visit the website eyesonisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. You can also download the app too, Eyes on Isles app, available in iTunes and Android. And there you have it. Perfect. Another episode in the books. Reappropriation segment. I was trying to think of something that rhymes with reappropriation. I couldn't do it. I don't know. Too many syllables. Fail. All right. Well, think about it. Let's get back to us next week, maybe. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. I'll come up with a whole new rap for it. Oh, Mitch. One last thing. I wanted to squeeze it in here. Oh. I I think I forgot to bring it up last week. Remember on one of the earlier episodes in the summer, we did World Cup predictions? Oh, God. Jesus. Who would you predict? I predicted Belgium. Or did I predict Belgium for this? Or was that my betting I think, one? I forget what I bet. I think you predicted Belgium. Do you remember who yeah. I predicted? Yeah, you predicted France. Let's go. Woo. Did, did you put money down on it? Did you put money where your mouth is? No. The gambling's not legal in New York. I'd have to go to Jersey. What? Like, it's not legal in Canada either, necessarily, but I still do it. Weak. I'm sorry. I'm not a badass like you, I guess. (laughs) Hashtag weak sauce. (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for us here this week. You've been listening to episode number 49 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.